Learning to regulate your nervous system is an integral part of learning to master your phone use. And I have Missy Allred here to teach us what the nervous system is, why you should care about your nervous system, and practical ways to regulate your nervous system as a young mom. She also shares some awesome tips for helping your kids regulate their nervous systems as well. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome, Missy. I'm so grateful that you would join me today. Will you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. So my name is Missy Allred. I am a coach for young moms and I focus a lot on nervous system regulation plus the mindset stuff, reframing our thoughts and picking new thoughts and the the thought work that you'll see from other coaches. So I love blending both of them. My background is in psychology. And so that's partly where I got the nervous system stuff. And so it's been really fun over the last few months, especially as I've honed in on what I want to be teaching to combine my background and my newer passion of of coaching and combine them together into, I don't know, just this beautiful <laughs> web that I think fits so perfectly together and hand in hand, I think they can make such a big difference. I totally agree. It's been so fun learning from you. I'm a young mom that deals with all the things that young moms deal with. And like you said, I love that you have this expertise from your degree about the nervous system. And then you also have the hands-on experience of your young mom and you get it. And then you also have the coaching experience. So I that's something that I really appreciate about you. And one of the reasons I really wanted to have you come on to the podcast today. So that's what I really want you to teach us all today is about the nervous system. So do you want to just start off by explaining what the nervous system is? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So our nervous system is really, it's the connection between our brains and our bodies. It's what it's at like nerves, nervous, right? That That's kind of where it comes from. So it's the connection between the nerves in our body and the brain and the way they interact. And so we have our autonomic nervous system. And there's two sides to this. You have the parasympathetic side, which is what people call the rest and digest side. So you've probably heard that. Most people have heard rest and digest. And really that just means that those functions in, in your body that fall within resting and digesting are working. A big part of this is our prefrontal cortex, which is the very front part of our brain. It's our highest order thinking. So it's the last part of our brain to fully develop. So they say that it doesn't develop till you're in your mid to late twenties, but that's our, our reasoning skills, our thinking through consequences and just being able to think rationally and really problem solving. That's a big part of this too. That is all able to work when we're in our parasympathetic state. On the other side is our sympathetic side. So this is what people will call fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. It's all going to be on the sympathetic side. So 
this is when a bear is coming at you, you can't be thinking, okay, should I climb a tree? Should I stop? Should I run? Like you can't be thinking through that. You have to make quick decisions. And so there's all different parts of our brain and our body that turn off on the parasympathetic side and turn on on the sympathetic side. Okay. So this is also what people call the stress response. So a few things that will happen is, like I said, that prefrontal cortex, it shuts down because when you're really in a situation where you're unsafe, whatever that looks like, you don't want to be thinking through it. You need to make split second decisions and not, not second guess. Right. Another thing is like, that's when our heart rate will increase. Adrenaline starts going through our bodies. You become more honed in on things. Digestion, right. On the other side, we had rest and digest. That's not a primary function, right? So what our body's doing is it's moving all of the energy into keeping us alive and all the other stuff. Like our bodies. Yeah. It's totally survival. survival. Yeah. All the stuff that is really good for our bodies, but isn't going to keep us alive in the moment. It shuts it off because we don't need the energy going there. Hmm. Okay. So the problem really comes like we, we need this side. And I, I should also say that you can't be in both at once or like even slightly one is on and one is off or it's flipped. So we, we do need both. The hard part comes when the way things are now is not how it was a hundred or 200 or 700 years ago. Right. And so our dangers are going to look different. Our brain doesn't know the difference between being chased by a bear and our toddlers, like all the, the stimulation, the noise stimulation, or getting up to speak at something or starting something new. Like our, our brain doesn't know the difference. All it says is, is this safe? Is this not safe? And so I think that's really important to remember because our brain is just trying to keep us safe. There's nothing wrong with you. It's your brain trying to keep you safe and recognizing that is super important. And we need, we, we definitely need both sides. We need good stressors and in small doses. The problem is so often we're a society that is clinically stressed. And so we stay on that sympathetic side. We stay in the stress response. We stay in fight or flight or freeze. And that's where we really see issues is we stay there. We can't get back to that other side. So we're going to see both mental issues. And I I don't even necessarily mean like real mental health issues. I mean, you will for sure, but just like problems in your thinking or just viewing the world negatively or like the rest of your brain is problem solving, right? If you're in stress, you're not problem solving and you can't be right. That part is off. There's nothing wrong with you when you're stressed and you're like, why didn't I think through this? Right. This is why we yell at our kids and then go, why on earth did I react like that? This is exactly what I should have done because we've now come back to rest and digest. And that front part of our brain has turned back on. And then you can go, oh my goodness, that's what I should have done. Yeah. Okay. So just to like recap, sympathetic is when you're in like fight or flight. Yes. Parasympathetic is when you're in like your good state of mind, problem solving, like high thinking, you can logically think. The first example that came to my mind is when my son is doing something and I'm like so frustrated with him. But then when I can come back to, I guess, the parasympathetic state, then I'm like, 
oh yeah, let's get curious about why he's acting this way. Oh, he's two years old and he's hungry. And then, then it like, I don't know, th- that logic side. Okay, right? Am I getting this right? Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Okay. And you kind of have already touched on this, but why should young moms care about their nervous system and the state of their nervous system? Because it affects us and it affects our kids. Being in this chronic stress state, it's going to affect our minds and it's going to affect our bodies too. Remember, parasympathetic, a huge piece of it is digestion. If we're not digesting, like we're going to have some some health issues. Like this is not just about, I don't want to be yelling at my kids. Like, of course you don't want to be, but it's so much more than that. There's a lot of issues that come with chronic stress. Physically. So, yes, yes it's, wow. it's both. And so it's not just for us and our, our own mental wellness, but it's for our physical health. It's for the way we interact with our kids. It's for the inter- the way we interact with our spouse, with friends, the way we're able to handle situations. Like it literally affects everything we do, everything we do. So that's why as a young mom, you should care about this because it's going to impact your physical health, your mental health, your relationships with. Yeah. And understanding this, like, this is how everybody's brains work. This is how your spouse's brain works. This is how our kids' brains work too. It's going to be a little bit different simply because of places you're in developmentally, but the, the core principles are the same. Your kids still go into a stress response and they still need help coming back out. And so if we can learn it for us and not just learn how to regulate our own nervous systems, we can also help our kids do that. And then if our kids are more regulated, I feel like we're more regulated because so often our kids are big triggers. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I don't want you to feel guilty about that, right? So remember we talked about the very beginning of our nervous system is our nerve. So this is going to be like where our senses come in, right? So it's taking in outside stimuli and it's putting meaning to it. So it's our perception. So that's that's kind of important to remember too, is that we can perceive something as a threat or not. Hmm. And some of that is just working. That's kind of where like that mindset piece comes in. We can we can really start working through that. But so much of it is what comes from our body up to our brain. So these neural pathways are going to go both ways. They're going to go from our brain down to our body. So our brain's going to tell our body, okay, this is how we need to respond. But there's also so much stimuli coming from our body up to our brain. And there's only, there's only 20% going top down. 80% Hmm. is coming top up, which is why I like to start with this nervous system piece, because if we can start with the body 80% of that information is going up to the brain. We're like, yes, we we can change our thoughts and reprogram parts of our brain. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. But that's such a minority piece that if we start the other way, we can see progress a lot faster. And then when we add in the, the top down, it makes a bigger impact. Totally, totally. Okay, so what are some practical ways that young mom can regulate their nervous system? So start from regulating their body so it can tell the brain that things that are you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's part that. of it. It's kind of with all of this, you need, you kind of have to have this, this mindset piece too of through the whole thing of, okay, I'm safe. 
when your toddler is being crazy or just just life like you've just gone to the end of the day and you know dinner time is always <laughs> at least at my house it's like the most chaotic time and I'm done and the kids are hungry and I'm trying to make dinner and they're asking questions and the baby's crying and I'm like holy cow <laughs> <laughs> understanding okay think about all the different stimuli that are coming into my brain all at once that are all important because that's part of it too is Oh my goodness. I could go into like a whole thing about this, <laughs> but so really fast. There's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And this is the filter for our brain. This is all the different stimuli coming in. Like if you look around you, wherever you're listening to this, think of all the things you can see. And I don't mean just like, Oh, there's my kids. I'm in my house. I can see the tree outside. No. How many blades of grass can you see? How many leaves can you see? Can you see the texture on your clothes or on your kids' clothes and every piece of like, that's just visual stimuli. And then you add in, like, if you're quiet, do you hear your air conditioning? Do you hear birds outside or crickets or your kids playing in the background or someone's lawnmower across the street? Like there is so much coming into our brains at once that something has to filter it out. So part of this is telling this part of your brain what is important. So for example, when you get a new car and then everybody seems to have that car. Has this ever happened? (laughs) Where you're like, we had this. I've never seen this car before. Or I've only seen it every once in a while. All of a sudden you've told your brain, this is an important piece of information. The cars were always there, but now it's important enough to let it through that Mm -hmm. filter. Okay. So as we're doing this, be thinking about what you're deeming as important. And so that's why this piece of saying that you're safe is really important so that you can start training your brain to go, okay, in this situation, I'm still safe, even though my brain is telling me I'm not. Okay. So that part's really important to remember. You have to believe, or at least start telling yourself that you're safe. Okay. So some things you can do in the moment, we need to complete our stress cycle. Wait, what does it mean to complete your stress cycle? Okay. So we, we go from parasympathetic, right? Something triggers us and says, we're not safe. And so our stress response is going to start. Okay. If we don't complete the cycle and come back to that parasympathetic, (laughs) if we don't come back to that, if we don't figure out a way to say that, okay, we're safe, we're calm, then we're going to stay in stress. Okay. Okay. We start to get in chronic stress. So we just need to, to go around and complete that cycle and go back to the parasympathetic side. Okay. So there's some short-term things and some long-term things. Long-term things are going to be things that you can do to stay longer in the parasympathetic side. So like, so it's like building that would normally trigger you wouldn't send you over into sympathetic. Yes, like that exactly. Thing. And some of this is just like prepping yourself. And one thing I really like to do and I started doing with my kids is I set alarms on my phone for about every two hours. I've kind of made it so that it works within our schedule of preschool and, you know, church and all, all the things. But I have these alarms that go off throughout the day that just say regulate. And so I know, okay, we need to regulate before we get too, too triggered, too overstimulated that we go into our stress response. 
I love that. I can do for me and for each of my kids. And I've kind of learned that, that they like different things. So my oldest son likes movement a lot more that, that helps him regulate more. And so things that you can do if movement is kind of more of your thing is pulling or lifting something heavy. So, I mean, really that could be like holding your kid (laughs) as a mom, but like having your kids like pull a box around with something in it or pushing a box or you pulling your kid around on the blanket is actually good for both sides. Um, We do animal walks. So he'll slither like a snake or he'll bear crawl like up on his hands and feet or like crab walk across the ground and just getting his body moving. Oh, he is so much less crazy after that, but that more riles my second son up. Hmm. And so for him to kind of come back and be less overstimulated, he's a lot more sensitive. He's more sensitive to like touching and seeing like sight stimuli my first son is more sensitive to noise stimuli. Okay. So like, I watched him, for example, we were like taking him to a basketball game and I watched him kind of, kind of shut down a little bit. And so I know it's overstimulating for him, but it's not for my second son. It's the visual stimuli and more the, the tactile stimuli that overwhelms him more. And so huh. for him, he needs a place that's going to be just have less going on, have a lot yeah. less going on. And so his thing that I pretty much have him do almost every time because it works so well for him is we have these little like pop-up tents, like just little play tents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That he can just play with inside of that, like connect to the tunnels. He'll go read a book in one of those. Mm. Just go. He just needs to like flip through one and it really only takes like two minutes and then he's good and he's more regulated. So doing things like that for me, some things I do is just like going on a walk in the morning, like if I can start my day out with having some things just for me, honestly, I think this is why people preach morning routines so much and getting up early is because if we can start our day doing things on our terms, things that are going to build up that resilience, we're going to be able to deal with the stressors and the stimuli coming in throughout the day a lot better if we're Mm -hmm. starting out that way. So a morning walk, I like to write in my journal, I like to read anything really just some, some time to read some quiet time, those few things. If I can start my day out like that and then add in a few of those little pieces throughout the day, if I can take 10 minutes to go read for my regulation every couple hours or something, I do a lot better. I can handle all the little things. So that's kind of like our long-term stuff and to kind of keep us from going into stress, but there are obviously going to be times where we're in the heat of the moment and we we need something right then. So one thing you can do is ragdoll. Think think Toy Story, right? Where and Andy's coming and they just like fall on the ground. Literally, uh, you can do that. You're literally putting your body at rest. Mm-hmm. And so it triggers your brain to go, okay, nothing's chasing me. I'm safe. And it will kind of complete that stress cycle. Well, so that's your body telling your brain, look, you're safe. It's okay to rest. It's you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Lay down. Yeah. Another one again is movement. Movement is really good to kind of keep you in that more rested state, but it's also good to complete it because 
Like if you've ever been angry and I know you like to run, so gone for a run and you come back and you're like, oh, okay. It's like oh, a pressure valve. Yes. Right. Where you need to let the pressure out in some way. And so movement can be really good. Even if it's like 10 jumping jacks yeah. or go, I remember growing up, my, my parents would be like, go run around the house three times when they were, when we were driving them crazy <laughs> and they got a break and we got some energy out and everybody came back happier. But that's why is it's huh. we're coming back. We're completing our stress cycle. Some other really simple things you can do are rubbing your arms. Like if you're getting really angry, like rubbing, physically rubbing your arms or like rubbing your hands together or like clenching and unclenching your fists, like just doing something with your body. That's, it's almost grounding. It's coming back to the present and going, okay, I'm feeling my body. I know where I'm at and that I'm safe right here in this moment, even though like I'm super angry or frustrated or overwhelmed or whatever it is that you're feeling. Some of those tactile things can make a really big difference. That's why like if someone like scratches your back or rubs your back or something like that, you just come away from that going, huh. Totally. It's interesting when you're talking, because sometimes I'll like put my hands under cold water if it's that Mm -hmm. time of day when it's supposed to be making dinner time. And for some reason, it's the worst time of day for everybody. But yeah, I never connected that it was regulating my nervous system, but I'll just put my hands under cold water to, I guess, complete the stress. Yeah, cycle. that's, it's activating your vagus nerve. I mean, we could go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with that, but that's, it's, it's a piece of that nervous system that if we can activate that part, it kind of helps us come back to a more regulated, we're trying to be present and come back to our body and recognize where we're at right now. So even just I guess this is more a brain thing than a body thing, but going through your five senses and going, okay, what are five things I can see? What are four things I can touch? What are three things I can hear? What are two things I can smell and one thing I can taste? And just going through each of our senses, it it grounds us and puts us back in the present. And it's, it's trying to, it kind of like tickles that prefrontal cortex where you kind of have to think through things. It kind of, it just like just engages it enough that, it kind of comes back on and we can go back to, to that parasympathetic side. Totally. It's also interesting with all of this because a common thing for us to do when you're, I guess, in the sympathetic state of your nervous system is to turn to our phones as an escape. But it's like, that's actually just making the problem worse. It's adding more stimuli, right? Yes. Exasperating the problem. So I love that these practical tips Instead of turning to your phone, try the five senses or ragdoll or going on a walk. Going, going on a walk can for sure yeah. help. Or just yeah, like ta- little tactile. Yeah, I love um, rubbing your arms. Like yeah. just feeling yourself. Like <laughs> yes, yes. Your fingers, like just pull yeah. Touch, touch is actually a huge one, especially when it's in a place of connection. So sometimes, honestly, when I'm so frustrated, I will go grab one of my kids and hug them because that actually brings us both. It calms both of our nervous systems at the same time. Um, when there's that connection piece, it makes a big difference. Even just like giving yourself a hug or, or your spouse or even a pet actually makes a really big difference. I actually don't have a pet and I don't, love it, <laughs> but I know it works for other people. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, that, that touch plus connection makes a really big difference. And knowing that too, that's one thing I try and do with my kids when they're really upset and I'm trying not to be, 
is I'll go give them a hug and I'll rub their back because not only do I get the tactile of rubbing their back, but so do they. Cool. Cool. That's something that I love that you've talked about throughout this conversation is that just being aware of what overstimulates you and then also being aware for your kids, what's overstimulating for them and then what helps them because different things are triggering and different things help different people. We're all going to be slightly different in what triggers us and what is going to calm us, which complicates things a little bit, but just taking the time to recognize, okay, when is my kid getting like, what is it that's riling them up or what is the thing that they always end up crying about? And same thing with yourself of like, okay, what is the thing that sets me off every time? Mm. And knowing, so like, like I said, like I know for me, dinner is a time that is very stressful. (laughs) And so like one of my alarms goes off at five o'clock. So like right before I start making dinner so that both me and my kids can go into that time a little bit more regulated. And it doesn't, obviously it's not going to be perfect, but it has helped immensely where I can get through dinner much more calm because I'm starting from a more patient, relaxed, able to be rational place. And your kids are too. Not only is their nervous system regulated, but they've just had this connection with you. I think a lot of times making dinner is hard because our kids are craving that connection with us and we don't have anything to give right then. But if you have that connection piece right before they're in that better place. I'm definitely Yeah, they've I love that. They've been like, okay, mom just did X, Y, and Z with us. And so they're so much better. Yeah. I even think just like the way that my days are structured right now is mornings or when I do fun things with my kids, that's when we go do our outings and connecting. And then afternoons are often more me trying to get things done or things like this recording podcast episodes. And so then by the time I'm making dinner, it's been hours since they had any. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm definitely going to be setting an alarm for five o'clock as well. Yeah. And even just recognizing like both my boys are in preschool and they love preschool and they come home so excited, but also that's a lot of, it's a lot of new, right? It's a lot of learning where it's more mental stimuli. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily, I mean, it's going to be a lot of different like visual and auditory and like tactile stimuli too, but, but it also is that mental stimuli and it can be very overwhelming. All good, but overwhelming. And so I've started adding in some regulating time after they get out of school as well, before we go into whatever we're doing next. And before naps is another one. So they're kind of ready to go down for quiet time and Love that. Just being aware. Do you have any tips for identifying what triggers your kids or what triggers yourself? Part of it is just being aware, like taking the time to be aware. Like once I feel like it's one of those things where when you really start thinking about it, it'll kind of just come right. Once you sit down and take the time, start writing it out, like keep a list on your phone of like, okay, here's, here's the things that triggered me today. Here's the things that triggered so-and-so today that will help. But If you are specifically looking to for like, okay, today let's look and see if auditory stimuli is something that, that triggers them and doing it a little bit more specific. 
There's also a quiz on seed and sow on their Instagram. There's like a bunch of questions of like how your kids respond to different things. And then it'll kind of tell you, okay, they're sensitive to this or they're, they obviously like this kind of stimuli. So I actually started there and then have kind of built up my own list just because I've been more aware and thinking about it since then. But their their quiz is actually super awesome and at least getting you started. Okay. Like That's knowing what questions to even ask. Yeah. I love that. I'll include that link in the show notes for sure. Okay. Is there anything else that you I'm sure there's actually a lot you have to say about regulating. I could say so much. <laughs> but is there anything that you want to say today? Just start small. I know I said a lot of things <laughs> and there's always more we could be doing. And that can be so overwhelming. Don't let this be another trigger for you of like, oh, I should be doing this. Just start with one thing. If you can't think about your kids regulating their nervous systems, like start with you. They'll start watching that. And my kids know that if I say like, hey, my lava is rising, I need to go calm my lava. I need to go be alone for a few minutes. And they're like, oh, okay, mom, mom needs to calm her lava. And like sometimes, so <laughs> sometimes my four-year-old will be like, mom, do you need to calm your lava? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so just, just start with yourself and start with one thing. Another thing with that is just make decisions beforehand. So mm-hmm. often we get to the end of the day when we are more triggered and are decision limit like there literally is a limit in decisions we can make per day like our our, we really have a limit like there are studies about this they're fascinating but that's why having people preach routines is because you made the decision beforehand same thing with this going okay what is something that i can do to regulate myself throughout the day right pick pick just one thing and you know here's my alarm going off Here's the one thing I'm going to do to regulate. And if it doesn't work, like pick something new tomorrow or have a few things that you figured out work when you're in the heat of the moment. Again, have something that when I am ready to yell at my kids or grab one of them to get them off the other one. And, you know, you kind of get a little rough and you're like, oh, I'm just so angry. (laughs) Right. If you have this thing to go, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I feel that making that decision beforehand makes a huge difference because I think so often we just forget to. And like, you're not in your problem solving phase. And so you don't have any, it's not going to come in that moment, but if you've already made the decision, it's no longer in that part. It's in a lower part of your brain. That's a a deeper part. That's more connected in that sympathetic side. That's going to be more with memory. Oh yeah. Making decisions beforehand, but again, keep it simple. One step at a time, pick one thing. What are you going to start with? Do you need to just start with in the heat of the moment? This is what I'm going to do. Great. Now that you've done that for a week or two, now let's start doing things that are going to keep you in that more resilient state Mm -hmm. instead of moving back and forth with your emotions to really intense emotions. I am so excited to implement these things. And I love that you said start small. I think that's exactly what I'm going to do is just choose one thing to do when I can feel my lava rising. I love that analogy to to have my go-to thing. Tell us about your offer that's for sale right now, the reset, right? Yes. So it is taking this and putting it into bite-sized pieces. Like we literally talk about all of this, but it's, I'll be teaching once a week in a group coaching, and then we will have a accountability group. 
And this is really like the bread and butter of this program because every day I have a to-do list or a to-do item, just one thing. I have one thing for everybody to do that day. And then you have a place to check in and be like, okay, I did it. But it's implementing all of these strategies piece by piece. And so I want this to be something where you're not just, okay, I have all this information. Now what? But you've actually implemented it in a way that you have support and you have different ideas and you're not just kind of flying blind. So it's $99. And when I run it again, the price will be going up because this is my beta launch. So you guys are helping me. (laughs) Anyone who signs up is helping me just a little bit, but this is everything that I've learned in a month long program that is just easy for you to implement. So you don't have to do the thinking part of it of what the heck am I even going to do? Where do I start? It just is kind of laid out so you can be building the habits instead of trying to figure out what you even need to build. Totally. I just listened to something that was talking about how our society is very information heavy. It's really easy to find information online, but it's very, we're not very good at applying the things that we learn. And so I love that you have a program that will help people to actually apply these things because this will make a drastic difference in any young mom's life. If they can learn how to do this for themselves and for their kids. Yes. Yeah. Imagine if you could get through that dinner time craziness, you can get through the bedtime craziness and you're not at 0% battery, right? Maybe you're like 50 because yeah, (laughs) there's a lot that, I mean, you had like a whole day of, of work, whether that's in the home or out of the home and then kids like either way you you've had a full day, your battery's not going to be at hundred percent and that's okay. But if you're able to kind of recharge throughout the day and, you know, at least if you're at 50%, man, 50% versus zero, it's a really big difference. Even 25% versus zero is a really big difference. And so if we can keep our battery a little bit more charged and be able to get through these times without freaking out on our kids, and then our kids get to be more regulated. And then we go to bed going, I wasn't perfect, but like, I'm so happy with how I handled the day instead of going, I did this and this again, and I'm such a terrible mom. And like, we just get to ditch that. Yeah. I, I love that. Just think of like what this kind of investment would be in your relationships with your kids, your relationships with your spouse, and then just your well being as a person, because you're a human and you deserve to enjoy your life. And so tell us again, the price and when the doors close to sign up. So doors are open Monday to Saturday, the 25th through the 30th, and it's $99 for this round, but it will be going up. So jump in the first one while it's a little bit cheaper, but these tools have been absolutely life-changing for me and my kids. And so the investment is worth it because it's going to change so much for you if you are putting in the work that I'm giving you (laughs) instead of (laughs) you trying to figure it out, but it's all just set up so that you can just plug and play instead of having to figure it out on your own. And that's really what you're paying for when you pay for these programs, when you invest in coaching is you don't have to figure it out on your own. It moves up that timeline so much. And I think I'll say this one more thing and then we can end, but I think 
it's easy. Anybody who is with young kids, you feel like, oh, I don't have time for this. But it's like, this will give you back time and energy and give you back what you want. So anyways, everybody go sign up. It's called The Reset. And I'll put the link in the show notes for people to sign up. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We're in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.